oh my gosh, I have to do the intro. I've never done the intro before. <laughs> oh, wow. Alrighty, folks. <laughs> um, this is Slee leading the podcast this week in a way that I've never done before. Um, <laughs> weekly musical theater podcast. <laughs> um, oh, but we have to do our, our things first. Oh, and I didn't even write it down. It's okay. Oh, okay. We'll, we can take a we second. Got it. We got it. Listen, without Kat, we're all just crumbling uh, <laughs> we're, pieces we're, of garbage. We're crumbling wall. Yes. <laughs> Savannah Lee and Kat will tell you the facts from shows on the Rock Broadway. Your bi-weekly show follow more to know. Listen to what they have to say. This podcast won't run a week with Cat and Sleep. Hello, everybody. I am Gary Busey as Jack Kelly in the Hollywood Bowls Newsies. That's it. <laughs> um, and I am. Mickey Rourke as J. Pierpont Finch in the Muni's production of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. And this podcast won't run a week. Your bi-weekly musical theater podcast where we talk about musicals without cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've never done that before. Welcome. You. Um, thank you. Um, yes, we have a different voice on the pod today. Um, I fired cat. She's officially not coming back. I'm just kidding. Cat She's back. I've, I've now been both of you. You have. So this is um, Rachel, friend of the podcast, Rachel. Rachel is here taking over for Kat this week. Hi. Um, hi. <laughs> hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi. Uh, yeah, our best friend of the podcast, Rachel Lind. Um, thrilled she, to be here. Thrilled to be back. Oh, thrilled. thrilled Long time thrilled. listener. Thrilled to be on the... Thrilled to be back. Getting your equity points doing Getting this Getting my EMC podcast. points. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kat's away at a wedding and we're uh, filling in. And uh, don't get a hot head about it, Rachel. What? It's not like I'm plotting to take over mm-hmm. with my Rainforest Cafe mug yes. sitting here. Yes. Gentle listener, I am a... Uh, gentle. <laughs> gentle listener, a.k.a. me, Cat and Slee in the feedback. Yeah. <laughs> I know, honestly, honestly. I am uh, drinking coffee from a Rainforest Cafe mug from the Rainforest Cafe in Nashville, Tennessee, Opry Mills. Yeah, where were you just recently? I was, Why were you in Nashville? Why was I in Nashville? Thank you so much for asking, Sleep. You're welcome. Um, I just finished playing The Baker's Wife and Into the Woods. Um, what? I didn't know. What? Well, you too bad. You missed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought you were my friend. Oh, I know. I'm a bad friend. No, I just play- finished playing Baker's Wife. Shout out to my Into the Woods cast. I love you. Um, and I miss you. But yes, that is why I was in the Nashville area. Um, so I am now open and available to any and all contracts. <laughs> Uh, please hire me. I'm scared. I'm bored. <laughs> it's been a week since I've been back. It's been a singular week and I'm already having anxiety. <laughs> um, no, but uh, this was your dream ro- one of your dream roles, right? Yes. Top, top three. Uh, me and Queen Stephanie J. Block share the same, share the same dream roles, a la Baker's Wife. And Mother in Ragtime and Lucille in Parade. There you go. If you read the article that her and her husband just did, <laughs> I think Broadway Box, mm-hmm. she talks about it. SJB, we love you. Yeah, SJB, we stand, we stand. 
Anything else to catch up on? Like, well, how's life? How was, you know, did you enjoy doing your dream role? Are you ready to do it again? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It was it was it was it was a really cool show. I love the cast. Um, yeah, definitely would love to do it again. Um, yes, please cast me as Baker's wife again. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then right before that, I had very uh, ra- not randomly. It was a very like twenty. I had like twenty four hours notice, and I played Maria in The Sound of Music at a theater in Washington. Um, shout out Main Stage Theater. Um, if you're in the Tacoma, Seattle, Washington area, definitely check them out. Um, but I normally teach their summer camps, um, every year. So I've done theater with them for a long time. Um, and I go back every summer and teach. And basically they had, and like, a uh, the Maria got, got sick and wasn't able to go on last minute. So they called me cause they knew I was going to be out there and I had 24 hours notice and did Maria work. Um, so I'm also ready to play Maria again in the sound of music with a rehearsal period. Oh, yeah. I don't <laughs> um, see why you would need that. Why? I, but I mean, like, shout out to my Von Trapp family. I love you all so much. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Those kids are my, I love, I love them with my whole being. Oh. I miss, I miss that group. But, um. The hills are alive with the sound of my ovaries. <laughs> sound of my, sound of my, Yeah. So yeah, I'm ready to play. Like it's that it's like that TikTok where it's like you list. It's like I could do these roles at any point, at mm-hmm. any moment. So yeah, nice. no. So I, I did that. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, now I'm back and uh, currently seeking currently seeking representation and also Aren't money. We all? Aren't we all? <laughs> Aren't that, we all? Isn't that just it? Oh my god! Truly, truly. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, how are you? I'm fine. I mean, nothing's really changed. Um, been doing the show. Which is amazing, it by is, the way. Oh, yeah. I'm real proud. Real proud of it. Um, you, Oh, yeah. You saw it since... I did. I saw it last Friday at this point from from the date of this recording. I saw it the week before. Mm-hmm. I'm also like a longtime friend of the show. Jonathan, to say the least. Jonathan wrote the show who I've known him I've known him since high school. That theater I mentioned in Washington. We met doing shows there and... Um, so I've been a long, I've been, I've known about and have been loosely involved with the show since the beginning and, um, Slee's been there since the beginning. So it's been very cool to see how the show has progressed and grown and the different people it's brought in. So I'm just a, a very proud friend. And even if I wasn't a friend, I'd be proud. <laughs> so see the show. See the show, friends. Give Slee your money. Please, yeah, personally, <laughs> like don't give it to the show. Give it just to me. Give it, just give it to Slee. Give it to me. Um, yeah, uh, the show is so great. And it is it is insane to see how much it's evolved. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Y'all are probably getting, well, you are probably getting tired of hearing of me. <laughs> Um, never tired. <laughs> yeah, never tired. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, it, it is just insane. I mean, I had a moment last week where we got to film for Playbill, which was the coolest experience. I did not think that was ever, I shouldn't say never going to happen, but like, I didn't think it was going to happen this early mm-hmm. in my career. So that was such a dream. And, um, while I was there, um, I like got so emotional realizing how far the show has come because we took the staging out and we just did it at mic stands, which is like how we first did the show way back at 54 Below. And we did the song Forever, uh, which is my Barb, my and Nancy's song. And so, yeah, we originally just staged that in front of mic stands just and it was a duet. And I got so emotional oh during the gosh. rehearsal because I was like, holy shit. 
We have come so far, and now here we are filming for Playbill. It was just the coolest thing. That's wild. I know. And then that same night, mine and Kat's uh, old director from Mount Airy, North Carolina, where we met and did community theater together, Melanie, was at the show that night. So it was like triple whammy of just like, look at... Look at you, look at where you are. Like, look at how far you've come. So it's been beautiful. It's That's so amazing. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So go check out our playbill. Um, go check it out. It's really fun and cool and cute. You know, and I am a full ham in that interview, as um, you should be. As I should be. <laughs> as I sh- there is a moment where they say, uh, um, "Well, they when we interviewed, they were like, yeah, so just you know, look at the camera and we'll just film and it'll be it'll be fine.'" I was like, "Okay, great." And then uh, he said, so just tell me what characters you play. With my full chest, I said Eddie Munson. (laughs) And not a person laughed. And I was, like, so embarrassed. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the rest of the interview was still such a ham. But then afterwards, Nick and Jonathan were like, well, we couldn't laugh because you were being filmed for an interview. And I was like... Don't be nice to me. Don't, don't pretend be, you like me. Don't be. Don't pretend. <laughs> don't pretend. Um, yeah. So you'll see that in the interview because I fully thrilled. They they fully did it and they kept it. <laughs> I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that they kept that. Honestly, they they understood the bit. They understood the bit. They understood the bit. They understood the bit. Speaking of the bit. <laughs> speaking of the speaking bit. Speaking of the bit. We are talking about the biggest bit, and that is. The musical, The Toxic Avenger, which is just filled with bits. Many bits. Many bits. Many bits. Um, Did you know The Toxic Avenger before? (laughs) Um, I knew of it. Mm -hmm. Because I remember when, like, Broadway.com and Playbill did, like, I remember, like, seeing, like, the little compilation videos of Mm -hmm. it. Um, But that was, I, I knew nothing of the plot. And, like, I just knew it from, like, the canon of, like semi-parody, high camp, mm-hmm. that world. So then when Kat asked me to to fill in for her with the podcast, that's when I did a little bit of more of the research of the show. But yeah, I had very minimal knowledge of the show before going into this. Yeah, same. I, again, I very similar. I knew of it. Um, it, uh, I guess to like kind of jump in as I talk about this, um, it came out in 2008 which was, like, right around when Kat and I started really diving deep into, like, not just the shows that we did at the community theater. And we we kind of just started picking up, like, what what are, like, weird little um, underground, funny, you know, kind of just what framed, I think, our taste in musicals. And that's how I knew it. And it was off-Broadway at the time. And I remember coming to New York and seeing it on the... TKTS. Oh, wow. Yeah. And remembering that I knew what it was, but not enough that I wanted to go see it. You know what I mean? You know what? Because I think I I went to New York in, I think, like, in 2009, and now that you say the TKTS, I feel like I remember seeing Mm -hmm. it on the TKTS now and being like, what is this? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And it also is one of those uh, titles that stick out to you. You won't forget seeing it on a thing. Um... Yeah, so this is Toxic Avenger. If you haven't heard of it, I understand. It is a 2008 rock musical, and it's based off of a movie, which I did not know this. It's based off of a movie from the 80s of the same exact name, which I think I'm realizing that I complain about movie musicals so much, but I love a movie musical that is 
poking fun at its source material, not one that takes itself so seriously. It's because, like, I love Heathers. Heathers, Evil Dead. Evil Dead. I mean, Hairspray, Little Shop. Yeah. You know, um, there's another one that's... Oh, uh, and, like, stuff like The Producers, which is... Oh, yeah. You know. It's just, it's, it is making fun of its predecessor. Oh, I'm, the big one I'm thinking of is Reefer Madness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reefer yeah. Madness. <laughs> All of those fall into a similar category to me. Um, so the, it was written by Joe. Joe DiPietro. Yep, thank you. DiPietro. Okay, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Why did you know that? Because that's well? the writers from Diana. <laughs> they wrote Memphis. He wrote I Love You, Perfect Now Change. And Diana. What a wild, what? Gentle listener, I wish you could see Slee's face right now. The catalog. <laughs> His catalog is is vast. And it, uh, vast, it's yes. A, and I know he's done more, but those are the big ones that I remember. I love I Love You, You're Perfect. Oh, it's change. amazing. It's incredible. It's, the, the title alone. Yeah. I Love You, You're Perfect. Now change. So good. Um, wow. Yeah, okay. Work. Um... <laughs> Diana the Musical, friends. Literally, this team. Diana the Musical. Oh, work. <laughs> work, work, work. Wow. That's sad. <laughs> that makes me upset. Because Diana is one of those shows that is opposite of what I was just talking about. Where it's like, it's not poking fun. It's taking itself seriously. And it's bad. If it was satire, it would have been the best satire mm-hmm. in the world. Oh, and then it, yeah, knocked it out of the fucking park. And like... When you go through the music no- musical numbers later, like, the musical numbers sound like Diana in the show. Mm. hmm If you're, you're, like, I was listening to it, and I'm like, that's Diana. <laughs> My big French boyfriend. Is that big French boyfriend. There was another song that's a ballad that sounded like Diana. There's the duet that sounds like Diana. Anyway. Joe DiPetro. Wow. I think, yeah, I think it's Joe, Joe DiPetro. Joe that Di- makes sense. Joe DiPetro. DiPetro would also make sense. Di- DiPietro, I, I think. I think it's DiPietro, yeah. yeah. Let me teach you something. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I felt, I told Kat with Pareto, I was like, please tell me if I talk too much. <laughs> oh my god, no. Please fill in the holes. Um, and the music is by David Bryan, which is also, I'm guessing, of the Diana family work. Amazing. Uh, so it's a comical take on numerous different themes. Like, <laughs> it's so... <laughs> it is literally hitting so many things on yeah. the head and being like, you must learn a lesson from this <laughs> by a parody. <laughs> um, it is how to deal with people that are different bodied, handicapped, and also um, global warming. <laughs> yeah. um, Environmental <laughs> issues. Envi- the green initiative. <laughs> <laughs> We're not joking. We're not joking. <laughs> We're not joking. Um, politics. We love that. There's a corrupt mayor. Oh my god. <laughs> there is a corrupt mayor. Yes, there is. Is this, is this anyone can whistle? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Me and my town. Like, that's so good. Um, but truly. And it's based in none other than New, New Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> Great. And it's performed throughout the world, like, all the time. People love this show. I know that it is one of those shows that 
maybe not like not like uh, children's theaters or children's community theaters, but in a little bit of like, oh, we're trying to be the grungy offbeat uh, community theater. Is it, this show is always done? It's oh, like yeah. this trailer park Christmas and uh, marvelous wonderettes are the three things Literally. that you always see, and then like maybe an always Patsy Cline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so the musical was first produced in New Jersey um, and then opened officially in 2008 in October. Melvin Ferd, which I did not know this. This was very exciting when I read this, um, was played by Nick Cordero, which I was like, oh, what? I saw him in Bullets Over Broadway. <gasps> oh, amazing. Yeah, which was cool. He was so good. He was so good. Um, yeah, and also just like I don't know, seeing his name was like oh, I yeah. When I saw that he was the original, like the Playville videos from the original off Broadway cast, mm-hmm. and it, you're just like, oh man, what a gift. I know. I'm like I know. even even in stuff like this, you're just like knock out of the park. So no, funny, so good, so good, so good. Um, Audra Blazer, who played Sarah. And Nancy Opal. Mama Nancy. Mama Nancy. Queen Nancy Opal. Mayor Babs Bell Goody. (laughs) (laughs) And Mawford. Yeah. uh, People loved it. People really liked it. Uh, It was... It it received, like... It uh, it received good press. People were excited about it. And this was in the New Jersey... uh, at the George Street Playhouse version. <gasps> That's right. Emily mm-hmm. was saying it started at George Street. Yeah, yeah. A friend of the podcast, Emily, uh, has worked for George Street. Yes, work diva. We love it. I guess I didn't make that connection. That, it, that that's where that was. Because I wondered why. I was like, George Street, I know that. It literally name. hit me just now when you said that because I had coffee with Emily this week and she, I was saying, I was going on the pod and she's like, oh yeah, no, it started at George Street. Oh my God. So. Work. Yeah. Right there. there we go. Connections. The more and more that I do this podcast and the more times I see Nancy Opal's name in shows, it just makes me so excited for the world. <laughs> God. She really is doing God's work. She's, she said, you are, you guys are in trouble. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm coming to help. Um, the New York City premiere was at New World Stages. And they really said, New Jersey New to Broadway. Broadway. <laughs> um, and the New York Times called it exuberantly silly. And the New York Post called it hilariously funny. Uh, yeah, so there's that. So it ran, it ran, it ran for a while. Um, it ran from April 6, 2009 until January 2nd, 2010. So it had like over 300 performances. So like... A good, a good run, run, you know, especially for what it is, like, and at New World Stages, like, that's that's pretty good. Um, and then it went on a tour immediately across America. Oh, God, that is so salty. I had a salt <laughs> bagel for the first time, and it's so salty. It's like I licked the bottom of a salt rock. Is that what those are called? Yeah. Salt lamp. I think both. <laughs> I think both. <laughs> or, I don't know. If someone has the answer, please let us know. Call in. <laughs> Rachel, 
Call yourself in the back. Yeah, yeah. Call yourself back. Call yourself back. <laughs> um, yes. Um, so then it had a uh, Toronto premiere in 2009. Um, it then had an Alley Theater production in oh, Texas. Okay. That cast included Constantine Morales and Nancy Opal. Work. Amazing. I know. Work, Mama. Work. At the Alley Theater in Texas. She played Sarah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was about to be like, I want to see it. I know. Work. Um, no, but uh, Nancy Opal was in that production as well. Then there was one in Hawaii in 2013. Uh, and then an Australian production. Then it was at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And then in London. Like, it has just done so many theater companies. There's a Hollywood Fringe uh, company in the uh, Hollywood Fringe Festival version in L.A. Um, and then there was a Broadway HD musical pro shot version filmed in 2018. So you can watch that on Broadway HD. Uh, I should have watched it in preparation for this, but I didn't want to pay for it. I will at another point. At some point in my life, I will. But yes, you can watch it. So, people lived for this. Like, it has had a long life. It's had almost 10 years of life. People still do it in the, like, in different theaters and regional theaters across the world. Um, And to have this many, like, big productions of something like this is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, it feels very niche. Um, But, I don't know, I guess everyone loves an underdog. And that's literally what the show is. Well, and I think it's like, I mean, we were joking about it earlier, but I think it is kind of true. It's those it's those kind of smaller regional theaters in like, cause I remember there's a regional theater. Like it's, it's like in between regional community, but it's in West Seattle. So it's just outside of mm. it. And so they do shows like toxic Avenger. There's, you know, the, 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 like place like Chicago, St. Louis, where it's like, you're not going to have the main mm-hmm. regional theater or if they're doing like a black box season or right. a smaller, like more niche season. Like, I think that's, this is a show that works so well for, those the like those types of theaters and why it yeah. does well. Well, and like, I mean, we didn't say this in the beginning of the podcast, but it is spooky month, and like to do it, it's spooky. It's spooky month. Oh yeah, it's a perfect like it's October, a perfect October show. Yeah, I mean, even into Christmas. No, it's not a Christmas show. Um, well, but they, and there aren't there there are. Uh, it's like shows like Stranger Things fit in this category of like there aren't many like fall Mm-mm. small shows like and if you want to do something either fall like or spooky like it's not everybody can do Sweeney Todd or Adam's Family yeah yeah those were two very different <laughs> swings. but it's true because they both have a higher production yeah. or like a higher skill level fully fully um it's true though like and to do something like this and people people want to come in and laugh yeah they just do and so like this is a great way to do it um so it's one and it's been nominated for a bunch of stuff, and uh, it has won some stuff. It won the an Outer Critics Circle Award for Outstanding New Off-Broadway Musical, which is, like, work. That's awesome. Uh, that was in 2009. Um, Nancy Opal was nominated for Outstanding Actress um, for Outer Critics. The Drama League nominated Nancy Opal for Distinguished Performance. A drama lead? Mm-hmm. Okay, Nancy, it works. I know. Um, distinguished Production of a Musical, um, David and Joe, De- uh, David Bryan and Joe DiPietro were nominated for Drama League Awards. 
They were nominated for Drama Desk Awards, Outstanding Book, Outstanding Feature Actor, Demond Green, Demond? D-E-M-O-N-D. Demond? What a name! Demond? 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 Friend, if if you're out there, I would love to to hear the pronunciation of your name. Surely it's not Demond. (laughs) Surely. And if it is, correct me, please. Well, I'm going to call you Demond because that feels... Demond Demond Green. Demond Green um, was nominated for a drama desk. And then Outstanding Featured Actress in a Musical, Nancy Opal, was nominated for a drama desk. The Henry Hughes Design Awards, uh, Scenic Design, Costume Design, um, they were nominated. The Lucille Lortel Awards in 2010 for Outstanding Musical, Outstanding Featured Actress, Nancy Opal, Outstanding Choreography, and Outstanding Sound Design, all nominated. Nancy Opal really got her flowers with this show. She really (laughs) did. She really, really did. Um, And then the Toronto production uh, won um, Best Performance for a Female... And so I'm, I'm wondering if maybe, I'm wondering if the, the, like that track, the mayor track slash the mom track is just one of those, like, one of those roles that you're going to get nominated because it is that, it's just that audience favorite kind of a role. You know what I mean? It probably is. Um, so the off West End, which I didn't even know that was such a thing. Off West End. I, I guess it's technically what. The Stranger Things London is. is oh, off West End. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Congratulations and happy opening to the uh, off West End production of Stranger Things. They just opened at this the past vault. week. At the vault. At the vault. If you are a London listener. You, we never know. One, hello. And two, <laughs> cheerio. Um, but two, um, go see Stranger Things. Hello, governor. Hello, governor. We like a cup of tea. And with that, we lost that listener. Um, yeah, so, work. So, that's the facts of that, ready? And so now let's get into this plot. Gentle listener, I did not read much of the plot going into this, so I'm thrilled for a journey. Yeah, just drop in because it's a fun one. So, we are in the most basic of settings, in New Jersey, it is a dump. It's, we're in a talk. To- we're literally in a dump, in a toxic waste dump near the New Jersey Turnpike. And the citizens of Tromaville cry for help, begging for someone to save New Jersey. <laughs> um, Melvin Ferd, the third, <laughs> Melvin Ferd the third. I, I love stupid shit like that. Um, is an aspiring Earth scientist, and he is vowing that he's going to clean up New Jersey. But everyone's like, yeah, okay. Okay, my guy. All right. Ferd? I don't think about it. Um, and then at the library, Melvin uh, third visits Sarah, the town's beautiful, gorgeous, blind librarian. <laughs> she can't see. Um, she, um, he is so crazy in love with her. And he... Uh, he informs her that there's a there's horrible toxic goo that's all over Traumaville. Um, I'm gonna say the name of this town different ways. Are you gonna be like Jamie Lee Curtis and be like Traumaville? Traumaville. <laughs> Traumaville. Traumau. Is this a real place? I don't know. Oh, work. Okay. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
Uh, so there's toxic goo everywhere in uh, this town in New Jersey. But he's determined to find out who's responsible and put a stop to them. And Sarah's like, this blind librarian is like, I don't care. I'm just chilling in my library. I can't see. I can't see. I can't read any of these books. I can't see. It's not there. It's not there. Uh, Like Santa Claus. Just kidding. Children that listen to this podcast. Um, Yes. Um, Sarah is so turned on by his heroicism and his environmental, like, gusto that... She's like, can I please feel your face to see if I'm attracted to you or not? And she, he lets him, lets her, and then immediately she's like, oh, ew, never mind. <laughs> and rejects him. Girl. Work. <laughs> Listen, know your worth. <laughs> know your worth. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Oh my god, Amazing. Um, she then points, um, Melvin to the town records, and then Melvin makes a shocking discovery that the mayor, (laughs) our strong female supporting lead, um, Mayor Babs Belgoody, uh, has an unbridled ambition to become New Jersey's governor, and then we get this, like, crazy song where she's like, I'm just a Jersey girl, and it's fantastic. Um... But, and we discover that, like, she is, has not, she's not here for the greater good of New Jersey. <laughs> ah! um, but she is just out for her own self. Uh, Melvin then comes back with evidence and is trying to tear her down. Um, but then the mayor is like, you know what? Fine, whatever. Um, come at me. I don't care because I am the person that is throwing all the toxic waste into New Jersey. Then the mayor, uh, says, you know what, I'm going to change my ways. Don't, don't, tell the, don't tell New Jersey that I'm doing this. I'm going to change my ways, um, and I'll make you my deputy. And Melvin leaves, and then she immediately tells her, like, two henchmen. It's very, very uh, Disney villain of her to have two <laughs> yes. henchmen um, to go. and Oh, and their names are Sluggo and Bozo, by the way. Sluggo and Bozo. Beat it, Bozo. Beat it, Bozo, which I'm sure they make that joke Absolutely. at some point during the show. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, she orders them to go get the geek, which is what she says to them. We love that, 2008. Um, and the goons then toss Melvin into the toxic waste. Work. Um, thought they killed him, but just kidding. Sarah happens to walk by on her way home in an incredible coincidence. Um, Sarah's happening to pass by on the way home, and she runs into the goons who are never passing up an opportunity to sexually harass someone. And Sarah (laughs) is taunted by them and immediately faints. (laughs) Immediately faints. Immediately faints. (laughs) Uh, But as she does... A large, terrifying roar shakes the stage. And then here comes the Toxic Avenger coming out of this, like, out of the goo. And it's a green mutant-like creature. He has a deformed face, but he's ripped. Like, he has a superhero body. He is, like, washboard abs. Literally Superman just deformed in the face. Work. Um, the Toxic Avenger, uh, sees the unconscious Sarah and then, um, 
kicks the goon's asses in a song called Kick Your Ass. And then he assumes that, um, I'm sorry, and then he introduces himself to Sarah and she assumes that he's French because his name is Toxic. Toxic. <laughs> Toxic, yes. <laughs> um, and so she nicknames him Toxy. Work. Foxy Toxy. Toxy. Oh, um, and he is delighted and is excited that she's excited to meet him and that he got to save her life. And then she's like, can I touch your face? And he says, no, because I have bad acne. <laughs> okay. And so oh, she's boy. like, that's fine. I understand. And so they go and then she invites him to brunch and then she calls she her two best friends. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, let's go get mimosas tomorrow. Let's go get brunch. Let's go get brunch. Um, and then she calls her best friends. And then they this, if you don't know any song from the show, you might know this song called My Big French Boyfriend. I feel like that is one of the more popular songs. And that's what she. It's like the, the like girls in musical theater who think they're niche. Yes. Sing this song. Mm-hmm. Like for showcase. Mm-hmm. Or at least they did when I was in college. <laughs> we are getting old. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Me either. Um, so she calls her best friends and they she brags about her new smoking hunk of a hero in my new big, uh, I'm sorry, in my big French boyfriend, the song. I think like, aren't the best friends names like Shanique and Diane <laughs> or something like that? Work. <laughs> Diana. <laughs> It's, it, like, very, like, stereotypical, like, like 80s, like, movie names or something oh, like that. Oh, sure. Like, Veronica and... Like, Veronica and, like, uh, or, like, Clueless. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, my God. I doesn't... I don't know what their names are, because they're not really big characters. Well, because it's the same. It's the goons that double as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And the only, I think it's, because like, I listened to the soundtrack this morning, and I think she was like, hi, Shanique. Hi, Diane. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think it's the only time I remember. I'm like, I think that's that song. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. Um, so now they're back in the streets, and Toxie is, like, just thinking about his love for the blind uh, librarian, Sarah. And then... Um, his mom comes home, and her name is none other than Mawford. <laughs> Work. Um, she comes upon him, her son, who is transformed, and expresses her lifelong disappointment in him. Horrid. All right. It's like, could my day get any worse? <laughs> oh, goodness. We love mothers. Um, desperate for help, um, he goes to the big physician... Um, and asks him to, like, to help, help get him back to who he was. Um, but then he sends him to a ethical mad scientist, Professor Ken, who reveals that the only thing that can kill Toxie is household bleach. All right. Yeah. Amazing. Um, why? I don't know. Um, back in the apartment, Sarah is dictating a fantastic idea for the best-selling memoir, Choose Me, Oprah, which is another song, yeah. <laughs> um, that you might have heard, maybe. Um, such a, it's just, this is the kind of show that I, in high school, would have listened to and earnestly thought it was art. And I say in high school, and I mean today as well. <laughs> and I mean at this very moment. <laughs> this very moment. Um, 
And uh, so then Toxie goes to visit Sarah, but he tells her that he can't stay long because he's on a mission to single-handedly remove every vial of vat of toxic waste from Traumaville. Sarah tries to seduce Toxie, but he confesses that he's actually a virgin. And Sarah is turned on by his virginity and then says, I have new feelings for you. (laughs) In a song intelligently entitled Hot Toxic Love. Again, art. Okay? It's art. Art. Art, art. Um, Then they go to the docks. The mayor uh, is supervising an unloading of a huge shipment of the toxic waste, but Toxie foils her plan, and he reveals that he's actually Melvin Ferd III and has known her plan all along, and no one allows a super mutant freak to get the better of her, and the mayor destroys, vows to destroy him. So I'm sure it's very much like in Urine Town, um, whenever she goes, uh, you need to get a level head, Bobby. <laughs> oh, wait. What does she say? It's because it's, it's in Look to the Sky. I yeah, know, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Um, She's like, you need to do this, Bobby Strong. Yeah. <laughs> you need to do this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you get it out of the clouds, Bobby <laughs> Strong. You get it out of the clouds. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. It's, that's what it's giving. <laughs> yep. That's look, what it's I giving. It's giving look at the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it so much. Um, so then um, the mayor... Uh, oh, so, but, she vows to destroy him, a la, you're in town. But, unfortunately, everyone is so taken by the new unsung folk hero that is Toxie, and everyone is excited by him, and everyone loves him. He becomes the super, (laughs) superman of New Jersey. Um, so then the mayor decides to go to the professor's lab, and insisting that he tell her how to kill him. The professor refuses, and the mayor overwhelms him with incredible sex appeal and and fucks the answer out of him. <laughs> Which I'm like, my track. This is my track. <laughs> Work. Um, and then at the beauty salon, Melvin's beguiled mother is informed by her two hairdresser dressers, Lorenzo and Lamas. Not Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> oh, see again. Art, 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 art. What is that? Is there a TikTok? Oh yeah, it's there's a TikTok where it goes art, 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 art. art. That's what this whole thing. Um, so uh, his mother uh, tells Melvin or Toxie um, that his mother's childhood enemy is no one other than. The mayor herself, which is also a great joke because the mayor is also played by the woman who plays Ma, and so it's like you're your own worst enemy. Art, 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 work. And she's on her way here now. Uh, determined to find the whereabouts of Melvin at slash Toxie, the mayor corners Ma, which I'm so curious. I want to know that staging. Yeah, how do they do the stage? It has to be. Because I think that song is her singing to herself. Well, it's called song. Bitch, Slut, Liar, Whore. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to put it in my book. Please do. Yep, I want to. Maybe it's giving um, 
Uh, I hope it's giving that. What is that song, um... From Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, um, it's, uh, is it Transformation? Yeah, Transformation, yes. (laughs) I love the David Hasselhoff pro shot. Oh! Art. Oh, God, that is so salty. (laughs) Oh, I'll never do that again. Oh. It's like margarita salt, like thick rocks. (laughs) Mike's, you... Ooh. You done goofed up. You done goofed up, kiddo. Bitch slut liar whore. Yes, of course. Um, can't wait to put that in my book. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so back at Sarah's apartment, she grows increasingly frustrated with her fruitless attempts to seduce Toxie, the virgin. But the mayor is closing in on Toxie and tells Sarah he must leave Tromaville. Before he goes, he reveals his true identity, and Sarah is flabbergasted, but vows to love him anyway, even though she was disgusted by his normal person face. <laughs> I love that. Um, and um, she decides to love him, and they tearfully suggest that they both start seeing others anyway, but then she touches his face. And then she's like, I think we need to see other handicapped people. Sarah. Sarah. The true toxic one of all of them. The true toxy. Yeah, the true toxy Roxy. Toxy Roxy Heart. Um, yeah, so Toxy is heartbroken and cannot sustain the beast within. Um and sings a song that is about his heart being torn out, and it's like, yeah, okay, we get it. And then, uh, at the library, Mofford finds Sarah crying. Why? It, this was your choice. But Ma convinces the sobbing librarian that her mutant son isn't that much different from other men. He's just extremely ripped and a little deformed. <laughs> he just fell into a toxic waste. Um, in an inspiring and beautiful moment of human understanding, they reflect in a song called All Men Are Freaks. <laughs> and you know what? They're not wrong. Not wrong. So then now we're at City Hall. The mayor is rallying the citizens of Traumaville to form a drunken, frenzied lynch mob to find Toxie. The chase... It, this is feeling very Beauty and the Beast now at the end, um, which I think I read somewhere about the parallel of Beauty and the Beast in this, so... It makes sense. Um, the chase ensues, encompassing everyone in Traumaville until Toxie is um, cornered. And then the mayor is about to extingu- extinguish him with bleach. And then Sarah rushes in and fires several gunshots. Remember, she's blind, so she's just like, she's just, just shooting. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all, every single one of the gunshots missing the mayor, so she doesn't <laughs> hurt anyone. Fortunately, one shot eventually hits the mayor, but not before Toxie has been hit with the bleach. Not the bleach. Not the bleach. Toxie crumbles and dies in Sarah's arms. The librarian weeps. Ma Ferd rushes, rushes in with the one thing that can save him. The most vile, disgusting liquid on earth. A, wa- a glass of water from the Hudson River. <laughs> Um, the Traumaville reacts with unmitigated joy and then Toxie comes to and vows to kill all polluters and end global warming (laughs) and one year later on election night Ma Ferd introduces the new first family of New Jersey 
Governor Toxifer the Third, his beautiful wife Sarah, and their adorable blind green baby Toxie Junior. <laughs> because blindness is hereditary, apparently. <laughs> um, and they all look ahead to a glorious future for their beloved state of New Jersey. The end. <laughs> What art? <laughs> art, 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 art. Listen, art in New Jersey. I feel like this is very... Do you remember that show we saw that Emily emptied about New Jersey? Oh my god. <laughs> that the was mall also, people? That was also about a toxic wasteland of New Jersey, the zombie apocalypse one. Yeah. Remember that? I do remember it. Think about it a lot, actually. Yeah. Do you remember what it was called? Something like space. Because, like, because, um, what is that guy's name? My, Neil deGrasse Tyson was in it. Remember? Not actually, but his, there was a character. There was a character, named yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, and they all have to go to space. It was so strange. Yeah, it was the end, it was an apocalypse. Pause, pause, gentle listener, we're finding this out. 11th hour. Oh, yeah. The 11th hour. All right, gentle listener, we are back. <laughs> yeah, we are back. Uh, but yeah, no, very... In the 11th hour. In the 11th hour. In the 11th hour of the Today Show. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it is very a la... Oh, that's very a la this. This. I never made that connection. It's all very high camp. I had a lot of fun at that, that show. That was really fun. The mole people. Remember yeah. how funny they were? We were like front row and we just had, the, we were like in the immersive experience. Yes, we really were. There were like knights at one point because it was the fake swords. Yeah. They were so The knights of New funny. Jersey. The knights of New Jersey. I think that's what it was. Yes. And they were from the medieval times. The medieval times. times. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a crazy little kooky show. It was a kooky little show. Same. Same. Talks, again, same little kooky show. Same kooky show, just less funding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that is true. Like what about like what about the apocalypse in New Jersey? I think Did it was people... like a, I think it was toxic waste. I think it was just I think it was the same joke, if I'm remembering <laughs> correctly. <laughs> I think you're Or no, there was no. yeah, because there was the space element of it, but then there was also I do remember there being something about like some sort of like like Hudson River jokes and yeah. like Terrible smell jokes and all that. Absolutely. I mean, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, but Neil deGrasse Tyson absolutely shows up in that He's one. absolutely a character in it. Played by a woman. Work. Yes. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, and then and then they're like, we're going to play, our band is going to play all night until the end of the world. Remember that? Yes. It's all coming back. It's coming it's back to me. Ooh, she needs to warm up. She needs to warm up. She needs to warm up <laughs> for the show. Um, yeah, like, I think, I mean, I I actually am so pleased that I got to dive further into this musical because this is 100% a show that I would adore. Yeah. And I really do want to watch the Broadway HD version. I will, you know, because it, it just feels like maybe that'll be one of my spooky... My uh, spooky uh, watch watches for the month. Yeah, because it it is so funny and like I love the like putting the the ingenue trope on its head and like actually making her like talking about how toxic that trope is. Like there's so many layers 
of like hat on a hat on a hat jokes. But I'm okay with that. With this, yeah, and like it's because the show sets the tone from beginning that it's like get ready for like we're gonna like layer all of this parody and like it's just gonna it is gonna be hat on hat on a hat, which I it's like if you just do it the whole show and honestly I'm okay with Yeah that like in any parody. Yeah, just do it. Like once you find once you realize that you're doing the hat on a hat Everyone's with you. Yeah, it's like the audience is like on board with you, and they're like, you set the tone. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it, it yeah, just like just lean into it and keep going, and we're good to go. Yeah, and I and that I think this show does it like with so many of the jokes commenting on, or I I shouldn't say so many of the song titles commenting on the action that's being played on stage or like the subtext of the scene like it's just it's really good and it's it's I it's obviously these writers took care when writing this show and they were passionate about it and so it shows through in the in their work. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this show I think could easily have been a flop. But it wasn't. Well, like, that's why it cracks me up that it's, like, the music is so similar to Diana. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the same writers, but, like, it's the fact that, like, it's similar, like, Diana should, it you know, it it should be the greatest satire, but it took itself too seriously. So it's almost like it's Toxic Avenger if it was taken seriously. Like, a serious movie adaptation. Yeah. I, I still can't believe that Diana happened. Listeners, we we covered Diana the Musical at the beginning of this year, so go back a few months and listen to that one, because it was, that was a wild one. It's a wild, literally Kat and I saw it when it was on Broadway, and it was one of the best times of my life at the theater, because it was, that was at the point where I was after the Netflix special had come out, and so everybody Mm -hmm. knew it was high camp. Yeah. It was also like the last week they were running, so they were just like, like the whole, the whole cast was in on the bit. Oh my god. It was so bad. It was so bad. I am sad I missed that one live. Really sad. I did watch the Netflix Pro Shot. And it was... It was so bad. You know what else I hear is not good? Oh, The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Elton John said it's not finished. Oh, I... One of the guys in our... in Into the Woods saw it in Chicago... Said it was sorry, sorry to the team at Devil Wears Prada, but it is open knowledge now that it is it did not do well, mm-hmm. and a lot of the reason was because they said it just it didn't feel like like the show itself doesn't feel like it sings like it's mm-hmm. like Devil it's like yeah. everything felt like forced and the music and lyrics weren't that good, which is wild because it's Elton John, so yeah. you think like it's gonna be great, but the rumor is is that I mean it, they've openly said they're not ready for Broadway like right. that's said they said that they're they need more time to develop it. But the rumor is, is that they're basically replacing the entire creative team except Elton John, even though the music is the biggest problem from what people have said. Wow. So, again, this is all speculation, allegedly, but, like, yeah. it is, it is like, very open. Like, the team is openly talking about how it just, it needs work. Yeah. Well, I also heard that the costumes, the reason I brought it up is because of the costumes. I thought Diana's costumes were amazing. Um, but... The costumes in um, in Devil Wears Prada, I've heard, are not good. 
And that makes no sense. Well, also, like, listen, I get that you want to try to make it a little bit different from the movie, but, like, give Beth Lovell the ice blonde wig. Yeah. She does not, she has, like, a, a like an auburn redhead yeah. wig, which, like, I'm sure she works, but, like, she doesn't look like Miranda Priestly. Yeah. She looks like Beth Lovell playing, like, an incredible, like, powerful CEO. Right. But not Miranda Priestly. Yeah, no. Make her no. Miranda Priestly. On that note. Let's dreamcast. Let's dreamcast. Yeah. Um, so, I just cast the three main... Ma for, oh, well, and I have one suggestion for the the duo. Um, but, so, Mawford slash Mayor, uh, Sarah, and Toxie. Yeah. Um, you want to start with Toxie? Yeah, let's just go down okay. the list. Go, you go first. So... Guest. <laughs> so, I... I, I kind of didn't... I did a little bit of research just to have an idea of the show, but I didn't do a ton. But the second I read that it was the same writers as Diana, I very much went, I'm casting the cast of Diana <laughs> in this show. Amazing. I <laughs> so love. I basically just said, let's let's revive Diana through Toxic Avenger. I'm obsessed. Um, so my Toxic Avenger is Prince Charles himself, Roe Hartrump. Ro Hartrump. <laughs> oh... Scorpio <laughs> serves me right. Barbarian <laughs> Scorpio. Scorpio. But on the other side of it, if we were going to use podcast fave Andy Carl, this would be where he would be cast. Yeah, absolutely. He would be a good Toxie. Um, Which have you seen him lately? Yeah, well, I've seen. I'm a little bit like my guy. That's it. Looks bad. Yeah, because it's giving today show. Hasselhoff. Yeah, I said, buddy, you didn't need to. Yeah, I don't understand why he did that. Probably because Orphe is on new, is on the Housewives. Oh my God, that's right. <laughs> I thought that was a rumor. No, she was announced. That, that's what I read somewhere that she was going to be on Real Housewives of New York. I thought that she then said that's not true. It's not happening. Maybe that was like another just cover up because it came out know. too soon. Well, now I gotta. Find now we gotta out. find out. We gotta figure it out because again, today's show. Yeah, no, I, I said, seen, buddy. I've seen pictures and videos of him recently, and it's like, why yeah. did you do that to what yourself? Happened? What is it? Just Botox? It it's Botox or something. Maybe he got a facelift. Or yeah, I'm and like he did. He didn't need it. No, it looks bad. Which is wild because I I saw him at Romeo and Bernadette in like the spring, mm-hmm. and I didn't see anything. Yeah, like he he looked like normal Andy Carl. Yeah, Andy, we love you. Andy, we love you. <laughs> Andy, we just we love want the you. best for we you. We want the best for you, Andy, and we we have questions. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, now he's kind of become like this. I don't know, like piece of like Broadway royalty that actually isn't. He's, he almost feels like a famous person when you put him in something. And well, it's because it's like he it's like he's been in the industry for so long, but like I think he like he had he like kind of like him and Joshua Henry very similarly like started in Broadway ensemble. Yeah. And then like had like a lead that just knocked him out of the park. Yeah. So I think on the 20th century was when people were like, "Oh, like you're like you were amazing and yeah. you've been around." Yeah. Oh, you're amazing. Because, like, all of us from the Legally Blonde era know. We know. We know that married couple, Andy Carl and Orfe. Yeah. And then he got Rocky right after that. So it's like, then it was like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so now he just feels like this, like, famous person. And, like, when you put him in to, into the woods and he's Rapunzel's prince, it's just like, he stands out in a way that I'm like, 
what's Andy Carl doing in this? Well, and then he had played Cinderella's prince and is now coming as Rapunzel's prince. I know. You know, I will. I'll see it. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll see it because that's when Brian Darcy James comes in. <laughs> I cannot wait. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Yeah. I have to get my tickets ASAP to make sure that I get them. Um, okay, Andy Carl so is Andy, absolutely yeah. Andy Carl, that's his track. Yeah, our boy Andy. Um, I put Ethan Slater. Okay. Yeah. I think that he would be really endearing and, like, so sweet as Melvin. And, like, I, I think I want my Toxie to have a similar um, uh, similar feel as a Seymour. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, I want him to be really endearing and, like, I want his heart to just, like, bleed through his chest. And so then you have the humor of this, like, real, like, womp womp guy to then... Have the the chest and the pecs the, and all this the, yeah, stuff, the transformation but yet on the inside he's still like Rob McClure. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's kind of uh, what I'm. But Ethan's later kind of blends those two yeah. realities. But I also would love to see Rob McClure in like a buff suit yeah. and be like, "I'm coming to save the day." And he's like, "I think he's from New Jersey." Work. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I want him to have like a Seymour quality. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. That's not, yeah. Like um, that. Sarah. Um, I did People's Princess Jenna DeWall. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I think her or Aaron Davey would knock it out of the park. Aaron Davey. Who was uh, uh, Camilla. Oh. Yeah. She was so good. She's, sorry, y'all, the only time I will root for Camilla. Yeah. Diana the Musical. I agree with that. Because of I Miss You Most on Sundays. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Beautiful. She was so good. So, so good. Not that, Gi- not that Jenna Duvall wasn't incredible. No, incredible. They are yeah. both equally. Main event? Yeah. The Thrill in Manila with Diana and Camilla? <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I hated every moment of that show, but I loved it. That, you know, like, yeah. this was like, what's yeah. happening? Um, yeah, work. I love that. Um, I think, like, an Amy Spanger... One, she would have one hundred percent done this if this had come out in two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she absolutely hundred percent. Yep. Um, I just think she'd be so good, and also like just to keep on the reefer madness track, a young Kristen Bell. Oh, she she'd slay. Yeah, she would eat this shit up. If this they, is her type. Yeah, hundred um, percent. She would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think of of the, you know, Broadway world musical theater track. That is Amy Spanger's role. She would be so funny. God. And she she is from... We talk about this a lot on the podcast, but, like, she is from an era of musical theater. She is early 2000s musical theater. Yeah. Yeah. So strange that she is just, like, all right, and that was a moment in time. And, like, she's done a few things here. I mean, I, I forget that she was an elf. Oh. Her and I Sebastian don't. Arcellus. I know. Elf. Elf. I watched him in Into the Woods and I went, it's Buddy the Elf. It's <laughs> my guy. Yeah, it's Buddy the Elf. <laughs> I said, my yeah. guy, you're married to Stephanie J. Block? I know. And you're like in love? Yeah. Work, buddy. <laughs> have you heard the story of them, of like how they got together? On Seth the Dead's stars in the house? Yes. Which I surely have. Yes. yes. <laughs> I surely have. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that's, that's terrifying, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Amy Spanger. And yeah, just so... There's so many things I forget that she was in. And, like, maybe, again, Amy Spanger, if you're listening, please let us know what you're doing, what you're up to. Yeah. And Nancy Opal's track, The Mayor Slash Mom. 
What do we think? I mean, again, going on Diana, it's Jude K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Jude K. It fully, fully is. Oh, my God. Because she kind of does that track in Diana. Yeah, she fully does the track in Diana. So that's like my diet, like I'm pulling from Diana, is Jude K. But, I mean, again, the real world, Beth level. Yeah, oh, fully. Yeah. Um, I said Andrea Martin. <gasps> yeah. Have you seen... You might have sent it to me. But I can't say no? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just kissed Aaron Tvet. <laughs> oh, my God. My shoe just broke, and I kissed Aaron Tvet. <laughs> I love... There was, like, in the comments, people were like, um, I can't believe we're all laughing at a <laughs> woman who sexually harassed a man in front of everyone in public on stage, and... People were like, this was probably a bit it that a, they rehearsed. Bit. What are you talking about? Idiots. Also, Andrea Martin will do no wrong. <laughs> She'll do no wrong. No wrong. No, I, it's oh. a bunt. It's a bunt. <laughs> bonk, bonk. A bonk. I had a twin on the lump on the back of my neck. On the back of my neck. <laughs> it has hair and teeth. Spanish over there. Oh my god. I give uh-huh. you lamb. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's, that's an excellent choice. That's my choice, yeah. She'd be so good. Excellent choice. Yeah. And that's the Toxic Avenger. That is. Did you have any... You said you had... The, oh, the oh, yeah. Were. This one just, I think, would be fun. It's, it's similar as an Andy Carl track, so maybe this is where I put Andy Carl. I want Andy Carl and Nick Adams to play the two, Sluggo and Bozo. Specifically Sluggo and Bozo. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the... Well, I will, I will say that the character itself is called... Black dude, so I don't think um, Nick so they'll so they won't do that. <laughs> so they I'm saying if you that. specifically want Sluggo and Bozo as separate characters, that absolutely tracks. Then yes, that's what but I want. Just just so that we don't <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. Um, no, Sluggo and Bozo specifically Sluggo and Bozo. Yes, um, and her and her friends. Don't they play the same track again? It is one is one is specifically a black character. Okay, so I want Nick Adams to play one of them, which is originally how I came into this. We don't want Andy Carl to repeat Mr. Redmond Drood. No, we don't want to repeat. No, that. we we don't want to re- repeat. Um, yeah, so that's my uh, sluggo. Period. Like that. <laughs> and that's okay. still. I bet you, if someone were to track that, that still would be the character that plays the yes, character. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's why it's like there's a specific track within that track. Yes. Of like I want this person to play these specific yes. side characters. Absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. Um, I saw a video of uh, Nick Adams the other day because I hadn't seen him in a long time, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know, just like what what is this guy doing? Um, and he gives me Andy Carl vibes as well. Um, but he had like weird plastic surgery and. I, I... What is with? Two, 2010 stars of Broadway. They're getting old. I don't appreciate it. Just let be yourself. Yeah. I do think uh, if you were like a young hot man in the 2010s and you were known for being like the, that's like your thing. Well, yeah, Priscilla Queen of the Desert and yeah. stuff like that. And UPS guy and, you know, the guy he played in 20th oh, Century. Bruce, Buddy yeah. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's difficult to age, but I'm also like, welcome to being a woman. Welcome. Welcome to being a woman. Well, anyway, guys, that's uh, the Toxic Avenger. Um, Thank you, Rachel Lind, for joining us uh, this week. 
We appreciate you and love you. Thank you so much for having me. Always, always love joining the pod. Always love joining the pod. Always love joining my friends with my favorite, my favorite friends on the podcast. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Anytime. Uh, thrilled to be here. Yeah, thrilled, thrilled to. Speaking of uh, favorite friends on the podcast, just a quick little tidbit before we go. My papa, uh, <laughs> the other day, I was on the phone with him and he said the sweetest thing. He was like... I'm just so thankful for you. I love you so much. You just make me, you just make my day brighter. I talk to him every day. And like this, you know, it was just like a beautiful thing that he just said all of a sudden. But then he goes, you're my favorite granddaughter named Savannah Lee. <laughs> Papa. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, because the list is so long. Icon move. <laughs> icon, icon. He said, I will not get trapped in a hole by saying that you are my favorite. I will not have a pull quote. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. Um, yeah, so um, that's that, y'all. That is that. Cat uh, will be back next week, or next time when we do da-da-da-da, 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 Shrek. <laughs> The Adams Family Friends. Hey, see ya. <laughs>